Standard post-heliosal zenith greeting to you, operative of the 4th Terrestrial Audiovisual Communicational Channel. I'm sorry? Good afternoon, Channel 4 person. Oh, good afternoon. How can I help you? I wish to proffer a quantity of appreciations with regard to your transmitted offerings, which stimulated within myself a spontaneous human reaction in the spectrum of mirth. I'm sorry, you've lost me again. I wanted to thank you for today's excellent comedy programme. Affirmative. It was nomenclatured the Formula One Highlights. Oh, I see. The suboptimal performances of some orange-hued high-velocity vehicles prompted in myself an amusement quantity of such magnitudinous reading that there was a downloading of faecal matter to my pantal area. Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed and after a gap of four months I'm pleased to say that F1 is back. I'm Gareth, he's Zog. Hello. And he's Richard. Hello. How did you cope with the wait, boys? Did you find any anxiety in that gap? As the week leading up to F1, I was really looking forward to practice like an absurdly obsessed fan. Did you two suffer that as well? I was hoping that McLaren would turn out to be not quite as catastrophically awful as they oh. appeared to be in testing, but no such luck. Richard? Uh, no. I don't know. I think I'm a bit busy. No. I was going to say jaded, answer. cynical. Well, there's that as well. <laughs> I don't know. That's why also, we love you. No, I was looking forward to it, but then I also remembered that I was away last weekend and I was doing something else quite cool and I sort of pushed F1 to the back of my mind a little bit and I realised that the race was on early and I was staying in a hotel and I thought, if by some chance my three-year-old boy wakes up uh-uh. at 6am, yeah. well, we'll get up You'll and we'll, watch, we'll and watch the, 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 the race. Uh, and he didn't because we let him stay up late the night before because we were away. Ooh, exciting if you're uh, three. And so he slept until like almost nine. Wow. And so, so did I. And, wow, because you could. And so we had breakfast in bed in a hotel room. Mm, luxury. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, sorry about that, but I didn't watch the race live. I, I was doing nice things. Watch practice live. I could not not watch. Is that a thing? Could not not watch practice. Yeah. Well, well, practice then at 5 a.m.? Because the clocks went forward. No, the clocks went forward between qualifying and the race. So qualifying was at 5 a.m.? No, qualifying was at 6 a.m. Because it's slightly later than the race because it's only a short session. But I was able to watch practice at something like 1 o'clock in the morning or 12.30. I lay on the sofa here, had an hour's nap, woke up, watched a bit of practice. Didn't manage to stick around for second practice. But first practice, finally seeing the cars on a race circuit in a competitive form... Deeply satisfying. They look lovely, don't they? There's some good new liveries there. I quite like that Force India pink. That's got yeah, something, yeah, yeah. you know. It's yep. distinctive, isn't it? Yeah. And it's different. It's the only good thing about it. I do like the new McLaren livery, that orange. It looks all right on the telly, but I'm afraid there is going to have to be a new rule brought in with immediate effect. And what is, is that rule, Richard? That the McLaren and the Ferrari are not allowed to be anywhere on the track at the same time near each other because that red and that orange does not go together. Oh. Clashes. It's an ugly tonal match. Red and orange oh, should never be seen. Actually. Is that what they say? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, the Ferrari seems to be really quick and the McLaren isn't, so yeah. it's, it's unusual for that to happen. But what I mean is, when the, 
Ferrari is going to lap a McLaren at any point in the future. McLaren (laughs) must, in fact, pull over behind some strategically arranged curtains at various points on the track and wait there until the Ferrari's gone by, would be my suggestion. But if you think about it, the contrast of orange and blue is all right, and those Mm. McLarens are going to be seeing a lot of blue flags, aren't they? That's true. That light blue with orange, I mean, that's Mm. sort of getting into the gulf area there. That's a a good colour combination. It is a good colour combo. Alternative uh, suggestion, Ferrari spray their cars light blue. Can you imagine? The, the things that would never happen. Yeah, Ferrari did race in blue and white once in the 1960s. Enzo... Well, I think uh, they mostly raced in black and white in the 60s, didn't they? There was some argument over the change of Formula One rules, and Enzo said, right, that's it, we are not entering the next race. And Ferrari, or Scuderia Ferrari, did not enter a car for the next race. However, their cars turned up, the same cars, the same drivers, the same team, painted white and blue, and it was Ferrari of America, yeah. apparently, mm. who were fielding the team. So mm. it can happen. Yeah. Well, they have mm. used lots of different sort of colour schemes on GT cars and stuff racing over the years, haven't they? Because oh, yeah. 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 there have been a whole series of special editions happening this year of road cars. They're paying of one, tribute to their yeah, different classic racing liveries yeah. yeah. and sort of mm. one of each. Some of them look terrific. I mean, some of them not so much, but some are great, really, really groovy stuff. Well, essentially, we're kind of getting to a point right now where... There are a lot of sort of 50th or 60th anniversaries of mm. yeah, uh, yeah. particular cars. Or, or 40th or for Williams, to, yeah. yeah. for people yeah. to commemorate. And- Speaking of which, did you see at the Australian Grand Prix, through the magic of digital graphics, and particularly that um, uh, when they can, um, what do they call it? Vector, oh, vector put, are you talking about putting a digital advert on the yes, track? that. On a corner, so you get an enormous car. A yes, giant yes, the Sauber. 25 yes. years of a massive Sauber. <laughs> I was terrified. There was, is no way when I saw that, I thought that cannot be legal. The scale of that car. I, I, it completely misread the regulations. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone a, I know who moment, saw that I had the same think, reaction. The first part that I saw that shot, I thought, wow, that's a huge model they've stuck on the track. Oh, okay, right now I get it. Yeah, yeah, I should point out, if you didn't see that, it appeared a turn three, I think, what appeared to be a double-size virtual 3D CGI model of this year's Sauber, celebrating Sauber's 25 years in Formula One without a win. Unless you count the BMW win that they had when... Kubica drove for them. That was the only time. They won once, didn't they? But I was hoping it was going to stay there sort of all weekend. And if any cars went off across that corner, <laughs> they got built into the software a way in which the massive Sauber could go boom and spin <laughs> around and bits come off it. That, that would be, be nice. nice. Like there was other interesting stuff to observe as well. It changed between practice and the race. But when Vettel first appeared on the Friday for practice, he was sporting a beard. Mm. But what looked like not his own beard. He looked like he was looking after a beard for someone else. There used to be a band in Liverpool in the 1980s, very early 80s, called Attempted Moustache, which I thought was a great name for a band. And this was the best attempted beard I've ever seen. So I should think we ought to refer to Vettel now as Attempted Beard from now on. He shaved it, though. He, oh, he trimmed it, rather between qualifying and the race, and he looks a bit more together. I'm going to look that up. I missed the beard. I'm going to have to it check that out. poor beard. It really was quite tatty for a beard. And I like a beard. Clearly, shaving it off didn't do him any harm. Yeah. Clearly didn't affect his performance. And there were other changes as well. When the Haas first took to the track on the Friday, 
It had a T-wing on the rear of the shark's fin. And the shark's fin was wobbling like, you know, a teenager's sheets on a washing line, wagging around with the... I'm thinking of a more rigid... It's an unusual metaphor. Well, you've got to think of somewhere, and I've got teenagers in the house, you know how it is. And the T-bar, as it were, on top of that, was equally wagging, 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 Mm. wagging. And as Pat Simmons observed, what's that doing to the airflow over the rear wing? Yeah, (laughs) You know, the idea of that T-wing, which is supposed to condition the air onto the rear wing, Mm. was wagging air all over it. But they took it off for qualifying, took the T-bar off, and then refitted it for the race. And somehow, fair play managed to engineer some sort of supports for it as well, so it wasn't wagging around anymore. Well, I, mean, I think they were told to <laughs> remove it by the, uh, FIA. By the stewards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the race stewards under yeah. a dangerous bit of bodywork rule. We had stickers flying off at one point as well. Was it during the race? One of the cars had stuff peeling off the, the side. Yeah, the Force India, actually. There was tape flapping on the side. There was that pink livery that was announced at such short notice. It's basically a wrap. It just went to some place under some arches. <laughs> <laughs> and got it done. Here you go. Run this one off for us. Yeah. I tell you, it's the same colour as my late mother's bathroom suite, that pink. It is. You're right. Mm. It's, no, I mean, not that I saw your late mother's bathroom, <laughs> but that is 1970s bathroom pink, it isn't is, it? It is, yeah. Maybe but, later in the season they can suddenly go avocado or... My parents, oh, had a, <laughs> my parents had a bathroom that was champagne. Oh, no. Basically a sort of shiny beige. Maybe they should just get sponsorship from Armitage Shanks yes. or someone like that. that would I, my mate Duncan, who's my old flatmate from when I was at university, was in a band. He was in a series of bands. and it, Was it, one it, of them called Platform That was our spin-off. It was. I forgot you knew about Platform <laughs> Duncan was in a nine-piece rhythm and blues covers band called Platform Soul. And they used to, we used to live in this huge old sort of, I guess, early Victorian house, massive three-story. And Duncan's room particularly was huge, and it was big enough for a nine-piece rhythm and blues band to practice in. So they used to leave all their equipment around there when they weren't gigging. And one evening, Duncan and I started mucking around, like me on keyboards and him. He was a drummer, but he could play guitar as well. Just playing songs and making up stuff. And well, one of our housemates came in and we went, look, we're being platform soul. And she went, platform more like. <laughs> and we became platform and we used to write songs about our local curry house and stuff like that and our favourite song which I wrote and I'm very proud of this we wrote a song called My Best Friend Thinks He's Dutch which was about having a mate who pretends to be Dutch but isn't really Dutch where are we going with this? I don't care oh, really. yeah, no, I know what it was and I just remembered so Duncan's other band just when we were in third year at university he joined a four piece band that used to do original songs and they were looking for a name and they eventually became Cato after the character from Pink Panther. Uh, They were very good. They were a good band. But I lobbied very strongly that they should call themselves Armitage Shanks because I was like, then every time someone goes for a waz, they'll think of your band. Ah, clever. And they went, not sure that's the kind of association we want. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I like that idea. I'm going to form a band called Kellogg's and every morning someone will think of you, won't they? That's clever, that. You've got to be careful on the legal side. Yeah, there is a slight trade. I'll spell it with three L's. Maybe. And a different K. C, maybe. Yeah. A smaller side, Formula One. Did that was you... the name of my band. A smaller side? <laughs> no. <laughs> Formula One. And then the lawyers came Two knocking. Days so we changed our name to Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, did you notice the T-Wing on the Mercedes? It being not just a biplane, but now... Oh, it's, like a, it's almost like a mouth. It's like a, yeah. like an oval... Yeah, yeah. Like closed a, like ends. A biplane, a biplane yeah. with closed ends. But the top element... 
had a shiny sub-element on it as well, so it was effectively a triplane in the Fokker DR1 mm. sort of way. I thought that was really maximising your airflow management. Fair play to them. It reminded me of, I've seen that on a Mercedes before, but it was in a Viano, and they put these funny little coat hanger things on the backs of the seats so that business people can hang their suit yes, jackets up. I know what you mean. You see them. Was you ever see those, ever, if you're on the M4 coming out of London, going towards Heathrow Airport, you see those posh minicabs yeah. that are Vianos. And, Viano indeed, Richard. Viano indeed. And also Torneo indeed. I think they have it as well. They have their jacket hanger. And I just looked at that yeah. Mercedes F1 car and went, oh, they put a jacket Could hanger hang on the back, which is very handy. Mm. Generally, the look of the new cars, good. Like they it. do look good. But the T-Wings and the Shark fins, no, not really not so good i don't mind the t-wings shark's fins upset me although there was a bit of sculpting going on with the Haas and with the mercedes that has improved it quite nicely mm. it makes it like and a the Haas looks dynamic. better generally on telly that gray yeah is a bit nicer than it was in the pictures where it yeah, looked very yeah. flat and in some sort of turgid and it's not yeah, bad maybe. it's not the nicest looking car but it's better it's going all right it was yeah oh, we'll come to that in a moment other things to observe that you can now watch if you have such technology in your home, in the UK, you can see Formula One in Ultra HD. So I assume our Ultra fan Dave Stebbings is watching it that way. Neither of you two got 4K televisions, no? Afraid no. not, no. But no. Or 4K receivers, which cost an extra 42 quid a month. What? It's a lot of money. If you want to go up to Sky Q, oh, really? it's an extra 42 quid a month, That's... I believe. It's a lot no. of money, isn't it, over a year? Yeah. As right. much as I love Ted Kravitz... You don't need to see him in that much detail. Exactly. I mean, I sort of think that if you saw Ted Kravitz on 4K, he'd be more detailed than he is in real life. And he's pretty detailed. He's pretty de- the, the detail of his notebooks is fantastic. I yeah, like he's them. very he's, he's detailed. But speaking of detail, okay, how about those slow-mo shots that we've had more of in the last couple of years? Mm. Beautiful close-up Ultra um, slow-mo. Ultra slow-mo shots. Really seeing the suspension work as the car's going over a curb. Mm. Seeing that in 4K. I, mm. I like the thought of that. Mm. I'd like to see it. I've never actually even glimpsed the 4K monitor. Have you seen anything in 4K, Richard? Yeah, you work yeah, in television. We, we do Grand Tour in 4K. Uh-huh. And it is quite dramatic when you see it. Proper full-res 4K is extraordinary. Because I remember when HD came in, Mm-hmm. and I went to a demonstration of HD, and they were showing off all this stuff. And I remember thinking, hmm, I mean, it's a bit sharper, but it's like they were making a big old fuss about it. And I just thought, yeah, yeah it's all right. And I mean, now I can tell, because yeah. you know sometimes you, if you have Sky or something like that, for some reason, BBC Two on Sky is always HD. You only get the HD. I think they only transmit in HD now. Mm-hmm. BBC One, there's still the SD, because inexplicably, local news isn't in high def. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, why would you not have HD? Well, it certainly isn't in yeah. London, but the main news is. So every time yeah. you go from the main news to the local news, and you go, now the news in your area, which would be all a bit soft. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it is. And you have to switch over. And you can tell the difference. And it's particularly true on the Formula One. If you accidentally watch it on Channel 4, not in HD, all the on-screen graphics and things yeah. look very soft and yeah. slightly blurry almost. It's weird. But the step between HD and 4K, I think, is even more dramatic. Really? It's extraordinary. Uh. Certainly the way that we were shooting the Grand Tour. It's also the way that the cameras deal with things like if you've seen the Grand Tour and you see the way that the presenters stand against a window and you have to light things like that very carefully. Of course, the window, if it's bright sunshine outside, just blows out everything. It looks Mm. awful. It basically gets silhouettes. Hang on, blows out. You mean backlit, too much light, so the foreground stuff becomes... It's just the 4K, it's it's finding light and it's just that we like that studio in a very 
different way. I mean, it's still brightly lit. We have these incredible lamps in the ceiling. They're very bright, but you can look at them because it has some have diffused they got big diffusers light. Yeah, them, yeah they do. Yeah. Again, this has nothing to do with Formula One, except to your point that I think Formula One in 4K would look pretty groovy. I'd be interested to hear our audience are passionate about Formula One, and I wonder if anyone out there is watching it in ultra hd or 4k whatever you want to call it i'd be very interested to hear your response to that you can email us on speed at garethjones.tv or get us via twitter or facebook whatever you want and i don't know if i can justify the cost as much as i love formula one i don't know if i could justify the cost just yet maybe soon we'll see Ultra Mega 4K Extra, only on Sky X, featuring incredibly detailed lack of overtaking, disappointingly low sound. The burger costs 90 pounds. So realistic, it's like you're actually there. Do you know what? Seeing the numbers on the cars gave me an idea. You could do F1 bingo. All the fours, Lewis Hamilton. Seven and seven, Valtteri Bottas. See what I mean? It would work, wouldn't it? What are the other ones? Sweet 16, Esteban Ocon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many numbers do you need to play bingo? No, 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 19. Jolly and Palmer. Aren't there. How, don't you need like a grid of. Numbers? Yeah, aren't there. Like, isn't it one to a hundred in bingo? I don't Probably. Really know. Is it? I don't know. I don't I know. Like that. Number no, nine. Bingo. We don't know. Number nine. Number nine. On its own. Marcus no, Ericsson. No, no. <laughs> 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 on his own. My mate Phil Cornwell used to do bingo caller on acid. Two and six, 94. <laughs> <laughs> All the twos. 11. <laughs> lucky 7. Who's Lucky 7? Who's who's number 7? Is that Vettel? No, he's 5, isn't he? Uh, it's not. I mean, what's Raikkonen? I can't remember. Raikkonen's just sort of... He doesn't has care. just some numbers, doesn't he? Yeah. I think it's his old racing number, but I always like to imagine they went, Kimmy, you're getting a number now and that's it. It's going to stick. And he just went, okay. 1. <laughs> no, you can't have 1 because that's... Yeah. Okay, 2. Now someone else has got that... <laughs> 14. Yeah, whatever he was looking at at that point. Yeah. Just give me a car, let me drive it. Yeah. Don't care about the rest. One final observation about the cars before we actually talk about racing and qualifying and all that. Renault, have you seen the Renault? It's a yellow car, mm-hmm. but the rear end of the car is deliberately black, mm-hmm. right? Are they doing it just to wind up fellow French car manufacturers Peugeot? who've done that for their road cars. You know all the GTI Peugeots now, if you want, uh, you can have them with yeah. a black yeah, back just, end. I was just driving a 3008 mm. with a goldeny brown front and a black back. Mm. Bit weird, but... Golden brown. I don't Sounds good. know that that's why they've done it, but I thought that Renault looked quite good. But can you imagine how upset Peugeot would be, though? Because that's their thing, and now Renault are doing it. Oh, that's our thing, you'd say. If you start to have a thing about other people putting black on their cars in the motor industry, you're going to spend a lot of time being quite wound up. Well, yeah. Or like the man I heard in the bar of a hotel in Los Angeles ordering a martini, and they're going, yeah, two olives, two olives. And then he turned to the person who's going, two olives, that's my thing. 
He's told yeah, us that. Because yeah. nobody else has that thing. No. Yeah. Well, so, yes. I think being a dick, that's my <laughs> that's thing. That's what you really meant. <laughs> Here's your thoughts as well. These new cars, bigger tyres, more mechanical grip, less braking. They go around the corners by braking less because they don't have to slow down quite as much because they can go around the corners more quickly. Right. Therefore, are not recovering energy as much as they used to. Correct. And they've kind of got few opportunities to deploy the recovered energy. So I think they've got a harder time really managing the whole energy recovery and deployment thing this year. Mm. Big tyres aren't green then. Hmm. Well, tell they're not. They should put them on those very skinny, hard rubber tyres like yeah. the Toyota Prius. Low rolling Let's see resistance. what happens then. Well, we know that's things fun. interesting, exactly. Yeah. 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 Or on yeah, Would... Toyota GT86. Yeah. Eco-E tyres. Fun, but not necessarily quicker. But that's, do you that's... want fast or do you want fun? Yes, exactly. Right, qualifying. Vettel got on the front row alongside Lewis. Did he do it because A... He's in a quicker car than he has been recently. Or B, Bottas wasn't as quick as we hoped he might be. Or C, combination of both those things. You had exactly what I think you would have expected in that Lewis was quicker than Bottas. Vettel was quicker than Raikkonen. The interesting thing is that the gap in speed between the Mercedes and the Ferrari is not very much whatever it is and it's clearly well within the window that is allowed by driver performance on the day mm-hmm. bit of a strategy call bit of luck you know just how things fall one with the other and development so bodes very well for the whole season what do we think of Bottas then is he going to be able to take the chase to Lewis it's early days to say isn't it but you kind of hope that someone who is supposed to be a prodigious talent like Bottas might come out of the garage and be instantly quick. That's a mark of a great driver, isn't it? Well, and yeah, he was quick, and you can be incredibly quick, but still not beat Lewis Hamilton. You know, yeah. it's uh, your... Is that saying Lewis is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly quick? He's the best, come yeah. on. You know, he's... Uh, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, yeah. It's... That's the thing. He's a very quick driver. He was coming out in a new car, and he wasn't faster than his teammate, I don't know, Marcus Ericsson. Or someone like that, you just go, well, now come on, you're supposed to be better than this. But it's Lewis Hamilton, three time world champion and, and. And well settled in at the team. One of the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing, you know, I drive a lot of different cars and sometimes you're in a car and you can't remember where all the buttons and controls are because you're still thinking of the previous car or your own car or whatever. Mm. Uh, I'm sure it's the same for Bottas, he's still getting his head around how it all works. I'm sure their steering wheel's a little bit different. I'm sounding like I'm being flippant and I'm not. I really think it's probably you just get comfortable with something, don't you? Yeah. And also with just the people around you. Wait, he's it, still the new boy. It has yeah. happened in Extremist. Do you remember when, was it Alonso drove the McLaren? into the Renault garage by mistake. They've all done that, haven't yeah. they? Button the did it couple, once, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. I think Hamilton's done it. There's been really? quite a few of those. Yeah. Not, in fact, Hamilton did it, didn't he? He drove his Mercedes into the McLaren pit, I think. Is that did right? He? Maybe. I <sighs> they might have just been doing it to <laughs> them off, but I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it has happened it's a few been. times. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's just it's force of habit, isn't it? So it's the same. But I just also think psychologically, it's like any job. You start a new job, when you've only been there a few months, you're sort of feeling like, oh, it sounds like everyone in the office is organising a night out, but no one's asked me yet. Oh, God, I'm not really part of the team yet. Mm. It's that kind of thing. I think you've got to be comfortable with the people around you, and then you can sort of truly relax and just concentrate on the job in hand. He sounded relaxed, actually, but I've seen all the interviews before stuff. He sounded sort of confident and easy, you know, he I seemed a bit brighter. Like that, doesn't he? He's finished. I mean, it's just... 
He keeps it under generally, doesn't he? He's a bit more smiley than some Finnish drivers, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah. but he's, but he's, you know, but he's, he's good not. and solid and grounded yes. yeah. and kind of you know methodical and tremendously talented. But even if everything goes right, and even if he's settling in that team as well as he can, it would still have been quite a surprise if he had actually bested Hamilton in qualifying. I did want Lewis. him to. I love Lewis, but I did want Bottas to come out and smash Lewis just for the shock of it all. Just for the, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I love him, but having somebody else win the race having mm. Vettel win the race is that, is yeah. that second consolation prize for yeah. you having, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. having yeah. Ferrari win yeah. Uh, yeah I want someone to take the race to Mercedes not least of all because I discovered the best Mercedes fact ever the other day you're going to love this come on do you know what Toto Wolf's real name is Gary worse than that go on Ludwig worse than that in fact no uh, better than Gary or Ludwig who Toto is like Bob is to Robert or Phil to Philip. Toto appears to be short for his real name, which is... You'd hope so, but it's even better than Totempole. In many ways, it's similar. Totenhosen. Oh, it's very good, but no, 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 no. Keep guessing. Uh, Totenpole's the best one yet. You're not going to get it. I'm going to have to tell you. No, I I don't know. Is it it, um, Africa by Toto? (laughs) Even better than that. Toto Wolf's real name... Is Todger Wolf? No, impossible. Check it. What? Todger. 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 Not not spelled T O D G E R. No, no. It's, it's some like Torger. T O R G E R. Torger. Todger Wolf. Nobby Wolf. Cocky Wolf. Okay. Willy Wolf. Willy Wolf sounds like quite a Schlonger good name. Wolf. Yeah. Isn't that brilliant? I met like a it. chap. Like Todger. I met an explorer guy called Kenton Cool. No! He gave this talk about climbing Everest, and his opening remark was, before anyone asks, yes, that's my real name. (laughs) And his son, he'd got his kids with him, his son is called Willoughby Cool. No! That is a name! Willoughby! Holy mother of God, that's a name. Well, it is exactly, isn't it? He's never going to be... uh, uh, I'm sorry, I... uh, Never going to be an accountant. I'm not actually the manager of this branch of phones for you. I'll have to go and get him, yes. Willoughby Cool. He's going to be something massively heroic, surely, with a name like that. God, Willoughby Cool. He might just be a really spotty kid. You know how people... Well, that's... Some uh, some friends of ours have got a little boy called Ace, and that's one of those Mm. names where it's like either he is going to be the highest of high achievers yeah. because he has to fulfill mm-hmm. the name or he's going to have to be deeply ironic and a massive slacker mm-hmm. there's no middle ground there's yeah, a, yeah, oh yeah. here's our assistant area junior manager for carpets it's just not yeah. going to happen yeah ace kick ass yeah exactly it's all the, or nothing it has been but, shown that people do gravitate towards businesses which reflect their name seriously nominative, nominative, nominative yep. yeah. 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 for instance there is a funeral directors in my hometown Hollywell in North Wales called G or Funeral directors, gore. It looks like gore. But is, this, okay, but, but is there cognitive bias in this, or is, mm. is there actual gore. good research to say that the nominative determinism thing yeah. is well, working? If your name was Corpsey McDeath, I mean, yeah. that would <laughs> be an extraordinary name. You're going to notice. Or Day Dayaf, it's always, it isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Day actually. Uh, but but Toto, yeah. was Toto's banging on the table there? Was that... <laughs> A couple, a couple of people said they thought it looked a bit staged. It wasn't genuine. No, I think he genuinely oh, lost it. And it's become a meme. Have you noticed? There are lots of edits now of him banging on to Phil Collins things. Really? And, uh, and to, um, oh, I haven't seen the, the best one is the uh, 
uh, Queens, we will rock you, where it goes boom, boom. <laughs> and, and the <laughs> is Mr. Bouncy, he used to be the finger, jumping up and down. Have you noticed how Vettel has become Mr. Bouncy at the end? He jumps yeah, now. He, does, yeah, he was yeah. really, really bouncing. So happy. It's a good edit. What about that race then? What about the fact that they've all had to do more manual starts than they've ever have done, and they all got away quite reasonably? No one messed it up, did all they? All made it through the first corner, okay, got a mm. like it. Yeah, that, yeah, and the false start wasn't any of the driver's fault, as far as we can make out. Mm. Oh, what was um, it? I wasn't paying attention uh, to there the, was some, the uh, There was some dodgy signal received. No, in no, the, Hulk it? went to the wrong position, if I remember. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I watched yeah. the highlights. Oh, okay. And, and so they allowed them. But the pain of that, you know, having waited four months for the start of a race, they line up the start of the race and, oh, you're going to do it again. Oh, God. I always thought they were deliberately. Well, yeah, I think like when did. the um, if you ever watch Top Gear, you know there's that Boeing seven four seven in the back of shot on the track. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. still there now. I was there the day they landed that. They've taken all the seats out and everything, so it's quite light. But even so, we were told by the people who run the airfield, runways marginal. It's only just long enough for a seven four seven to land. Mm. So watching come in, lovely summer's evening, undercarriage down. Yeah. Here he comes. He looked like he was sort of feet above the runway. Suddenly, bam! Whacked all the engines full throttle, back up into the sky. Gear retracts coming round again and the bloke from the airfield went oh we obviously didn't like the look of that and we were like oh my god this can be really marginal <gasps> exciting yeah. comes in again and the carriage down and he's coming 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 touched down and then just went and stopped uh, like stopped no big deal in the end because it's so light no fuel no 300 people nothing, on board yeah. exactly just and we were like he just did that first one because he got a little bit of fuel left. And he wanted to put a bit of theatre into yeah. it for us. Well, it's yeah. like jugglers, isn't it? Jugglers go, I will now juggle three balls. They juggle three balls. And they go, oh, very good. And they do behind the back and all that. And they pick up four balls. I will now juggle four balls. Oh, four balls. That's hard. And he goes, I will now attempt to juggle... 11 balls mm. or 15 balls and they pick them all up and they drop one initially they feign mm. deliberately to make it look more difficult and then when he does do it you go wow I reckon this is Chase Carey saying mm. let's build the tension we want to improve the show that was a show a bit of theatricalness they said Hulk just go to the wrong position and we'll, we'll make build the tension I like a couple of the little touches that they seem to introduce to improve the show a bit having the drivers kind of decompress not in their little room, but mm. you know, in the garage. Right, by, yeah, mm. right in the garage. Nice touch. And I'm not sure whether letting the crowd onto the circuit. They obviously let the crowd onto the circuit at the end of the race a little bit too soon because mm. you really shouldn't have the crowd coming onto the circuit while the cars are still yeah, yeah, yeah. circulating. Yeah. But well, obviously... should you? I mean, that certainly added a bit of spice to the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, that man with a barbecue is going to get run over. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they obviously were keen to get the crowd closer to the action and get yeah. them, you know, make it yeah. more accessible. And, uh, yeah, two thumbs up for that. But if you were going to build a bit of pathos and anxiety into the drama of the thing when you go and see a movie the darkest bit is always before the success at the end it's all going very well and the hero loses his super weapon and then has to take on the enemy Ricardo is terrible qualifying and then for the race his car failing in the W grid lap how awful was that the highs and lows it's got to have light and shade any story arc hasn't it that was so painful for the honey badger as they call him now yeah that was cruel and hugely disappointed for all the Australian fans obviously and uh, well for us I'd really like Ricardo would like to have seen him have a good run at his home Grand Prix first race of the season Mm. yeah it was one of those few occasions when you saw him interviewed after the race that he really wasn't looking chipper and yeah. on top of yeah. things. Um, Poor lad. Mm, very sad. Ross Braun won championships with Benetton. 
won championships with Ferrari, won championships with his own team, Braun. What's the betting that he's going to win Formula One when he gets his teeth into the new rules which allow overtaking and all that? It's going to be right. I bet he does that thing that was proposed by the technical working group a few years ago, and that is remove the rear wing and instead just have two smaller rear wings over the rear tyres, which allows aerodynamic downforce, but does not disrupt the airflow behind. I bet he does that. He's going to sort it out, isn't he? Yeah, What's Ross going to do? There'll be resistance to that because you won't be able to write sponsorship so much yeah. on it. Well, the Finns will stay. In there, the same they? way that it would be nice to think they just go back to straight V8 engines or V12s, V10s, whatever, just to bring some purity back to it. But all the car makers that do road cars... Yep. Are busy doing hybrid models. You know, Mercedes already do, and it's only going to get more like in hybrids and stuff. Ferrari is sure to do. I mean, they already have the LaFerrari, but it'll trickle down to their other models. Mm. They need the marketing advantage of hybrid racing cars. So yep. They'll resist that as well. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that Ross Braun will do his best to evolve the rules, but I don't think it's going to be an easy fight because he's got these quite intransigent teams to fight mm-hmm. against and they have all sorts of other motives, don't they? Yeah, yeah. But, but as you say, but he is got to be the best person to tackle that problem of aerodynamics in the mm. sport and coming up with a solution that will work all round. You know, because he, he can see all the angles and he can see his way through any of the arguments against doing a particular thing. He understands the technology, he understands the sporting and the business aspects of it, so, yeah, I think he'll... You know how he'll do it as well. Uh, Ross Braun's always said over the years, ah, incremental steps, small incremental steps. If you put a frog into boiling water, it'll leap out. Put a frog into cold water, heat the water slowly, the frog will boil to death. That's what he'll do, he'll slowly He's change gonna things. He's going to boil the frogs? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ross Braun, <laughs> what's wrong with look you? Out. <laughs> but surely you can't take an incremental approach to something. You know, If you've got to take a fundamentally different approach to the aerodynamics at the rear, mm-hmm. you can't do that incrementally. Over years, it'll just to narrow it by inch by inch every year if you're listening Ross Braun you're frog murdering (laughs) I don't think that's good enough because I think I know it's only one race in but that was not to my mind an exciting race and there was no overtaking and that's a problem so you need to sort it out pronto start on the rules for next year now to sort this out incremental is not good enough I want those frogs (laughs) to be cooked (laughs) turned into pate served by March 2018. If you missed the race, here's the highlights. This is what happened. Magnussen and Ericsson hit each other in lap three. Both got going again. The stewards were said to be looking at the incidents. It occurred to me that we should only have stewards called Stewart at races from now on. Jackie Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, Stuart Cosgrove from the NME. Any call called Stewart. I think that would be more entertainment if they want to improve the show. My friend Paul from across the road. He's, Isn't called Stuart? You no, know, his surname's Stuart. Uh, but he doesn't know anything about F1, so... Uh, so disqualified. Don't, don't make him do that job, he won't enjoy it. Van Dorn's display locked yet another problem, but seemingly not a Honda problem. This seemed to be a McLaren problem. His steering wheel apparently froze the display. He, had, he was driving blind, he didn't know what gear he was in, what mode he mm. was in. He had to come, shut down, do a proper control-alt-delete and start the car. Which reminds me, I've worked out how to fix McLaren's problems. You got a minute? I'll tell you this. Well, it's, Come just, on, it's let's simple, hear it. isn't it? It's a Mercedes it engine. Can't be yeah. a worse idea than the one they've got at the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let Sauber have the Honda engines, which apparently discussions have taken place between Sauber and Honda. Did you know this? Mm, yeah, yeah. And that. equally, discussions have taken place with Mercedes 
for McLaren to return to Mercedes. But I reckon that's not a long-term solution for them. That's just a short-term solution just to get them through until they can get another manufacturer on board. And who's the manufacturer that McLaren could go to? McLaren. You reckon they build their own engine? I don't, but mm. it would be, again, yeah, marketing. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. a road car maker. Yeah. They make their own engines for the road car. Sort but, of. But the, advantage, an engine. but the advantage of going to a manufacturer is you don't just get an engine, you get technical support and financial support as well. The reason why McLaren can survive without major sponsors at the moment is that Honda dumping money in, in the same way that BMW dumped money into Sauber when they were partners in that team. What I reckon they should do Toyota? is... Yes! Go to Toyota because Toyota have said, well, if they change the rules, it's the ACO for Le Mans to be less of a hybrid, expensive technology sport than it is, which is what they're talking about doing. Toyota, we are not interested. Hybrid is our message. Imagine a McLaren Lexus. Who are the kings of hybrid technology? It would suit, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, but well, yeah, mm. but been there, done that got an enormous hole in the bank account yeah. ah yes but they did that when they were trying to manufacture an engine and manufacture a chassis and there was no doubt that the Toyota engine which was very successful in the Williams was as good as any engine in Formula mm. 1 they couldn't manufacture the chassis and it was far more expensive to do both so just mm. allow them to be an engine supplier a skill that they already have from Le Mans and if Toyota won't do it Go to Porsche, Zog. Well, yeah, but at the moment, but surely both of those companies are pretty committed to their endurance racing programme and Toyota have to win that race. You know, yeah, they, this they, year. They, want to, yeah. they have unfinished business. Yeah. I mean, we're always going to remember last year as the race that Toyota won but didn't. Yeah. Mm. Even so, they, Toyota, but they, they haven't got It's the an trophy. interesting thought. And if it's not Toyota, you could go to the company who want to be Toyota more than Toyota, Hyundai. <laughs> who also got some skill in energy recovery mm. at the moment and battery technology. That would suit Formula One. But and how much experience do they have in any kind of racing? What is their track record in doing apart any from kind rally, of motorsport? Just rally, really. And mm. they're good at that, but it's a different game altogether. Mm. But about dumping energy into batteries and getting it out quick, that's a big part of Formula One at the moment. And they've got the cash flow to do that, I would think, Hyundai. And they want to take on the Giants. That's my thought. That's how to say uh, McLaren. Uh, okay, let's whiz through what else happened in the race worthy of a mention. Uh, okay, that's it. Good. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the point Richard's making is a lack of overtaking. It's gone very quiet in I'm just. I'm, I'm trying to remember who... Okay, um, Verstappen put a couple of moves on, didn't he? And there was a moment where the McLaren was battled over by a Force India and a Renault, but that was because the McLaren was failing at that point yeah, and going backwards. Yeah. There was a point where Lewis was asked to get past Max, and he said, look, I can't do it. Yeah, I just yeah, can't do it. Because Max was A, quick enough, and B, perhaps the downwash from these new low rear wings prevented him from doing so. So Ocon put a couple of moves on. Did um, he? I can't remember the details now. I may have been half asleep. But, um, ah. <laughs> but okay. yeah, yeah. It's not, not all bad news, though, because good news, John Booth, ex of Manor, mm. is with Toro Rosso now. Did you know that? Toro Rosso. Oh. I'm very warmed by that. I'm suddenly very interested in Toro Rosso now, John Booth's there. What else happened? Lance Stroll, he didn't do bad, did he? He didn't crash. Correct. In the race. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Correct. He had brake problems, but yeah. we wish him well. He pulled off at least one passing manoeuvre, so mm-hmm. fair play to him. That's okay. Best thing about Lance Stroll, his voice is clearly done by Greg Rosetsky. 
<laughs> have you noticed that? Yeah, really, we get on really well. Uh, me and Bessa, like we, you know, I'm really, I'm doing really well in the car, and uh, that's going to be okay. And uh, I'm Canadian. Did you know that? So ultimately, the race was won by Ferrari. Hooray! Because you heard me say I like Vettel in a Ferrari, and I love Lewis. But I want someone to take the race to him, and I'm very pleased that the prancing horse are back. Yeah, well, it looks like we've got a proper challenge on the season. Going into the weekend, I was very confidently thinking, going to be another fairly easy year for Lewis, easy favourite, but mm, still the favourite, but not a solid favourite. Why did they boo him on the podium, though? Do you know? Did they? Yeah, there was, was there was booing. a bit of booing. Yeah, a lot of booing. I don't know. I, yeah, I, are they I, saying I don't get boo it. or boois? <laughs> Simpsons fans or boom? Yes. Maybe it's a sort of a street <laughs> respect thing. Boo. The, um, but my favourite moment of all the Formula One this year so far was Vettel. Walking like an Egyptian. Did you see that? He did, yeah, he did. He with walked the bangles, like, a bit of the old. Yeah, walking yeah. like an Egyptian in the pit lane, he in was. the garage of happiness as opposed to yeah. the room of malcontent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the fact that it's a bit more accessible, but I do miss the fact that you can't anymore turn up the volume mm. when they have that room yeah. and listen in on their conversations. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll you be get honest, I mean, it was achingly embarrassing sometimes, and that's why I absolutely loved that room. And I don't like any moves to prevent that. Because, <laughs> well, you know, it's been, been embarrassing scenes of some extraordinary things, including, of course, the infamous hat chuck. That was brilliant. Um, and, and so, yeah, let's be honest, F1 is all about theatre and drama and grown men behaving like so. stroppy toddlers. So mm. let's have more of that please and we'd like it to start the next race in China coming very very soon you'll be listening to Gareth Jones on Speed with Richard Porter goodbye Zog goodbye me Gareth we're going to leave you with a tune this is our annual start of the season song F1's back 2017 see ya GarethJones.tv Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>